killer bees have relocated their hive. It's at the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, which is currently located at the decoy. Let's join the boys, Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham. Killer Bees live at the decoy. Your spot to be on Sunday to watch some conference championship football. They have massive, first off, there's wall-to-wall television. You walk in, there's not a bad seat in the house. They have a 24-foot indoor TV wall, 185-inch outdoor giant screen. If the weather's like it is today, you'll want to be outside and uh, enjoy some football in the elements, beautiful elements, uh, if the weather's anything like it is today. I haven't looked at the forecast. But it also is a throwback Thursday. Get out down here tonight, $2 off all tequila cocktails and shots. Tomorrow's Lady Night uh, Friday. Of course, they have the volleyball courts. They have the cornhole rental all of February. It's only $10. Can't beat that. Uh, So those three sand volleyball courts and cornhole lanes are always available to you. Top DJs in Houston, perfect for happy hours, perfect for birthday parties, perfect for corporate events, and perfect for team building. Like maybe the Houston Texans can come here. Now, who's going to be on the Texans next year? Well, still a lot to be determined. Uh, Texans, by my count, have 10 starters to fill. Uh, We're trying to save the Texans some money, though. That way they can have some more cap space, Uh, anywhere between 57, 70 million is what you've seen reported. Uh, I trust over the cap. They have it just over 57 million. So we both cut Robert Woods, save us $5 million. We both cut Jimmy Ward, saves us $4 million. Blankers is on, cut Davis Mills. That gets him up to 12. I said no, so I'm still at nine. How about safety MJ Stewart? Bye-bye. Yeah. You're trying to upgrade the position again, and there's ops, there are going to be options galore to upgrade the position again. So, uh, Marvin, thanks for stopping in, and uh, see you. Is that his first name? Uh-huh. Mar- How do you know that? <laughs> How do you know I, his first name's Marvin? Sometimes with initials, I look at these things. <laughs> I would have never guessed that his first name was Marvin. Yeah, this is a no-brainer. Like, what, what was the best play that MJ Stewart had this year? The... DeAndre Houston Carson. I know he got hurt. It was a special teams play. It was a special teams play. Okay, in the I, Colts I trust game. you. I Did he recover you. a fumble? I don't know. I think he recovered a fumble. I think he was hurt. In the, that must have been week two. Let me see something like didn't he, he was hurt. That's why you had to go out and sign DeAndre Houston Carson. That's why you had to go out and get Adrian almost famous. That's why you had to go out and bring in Kareem Jackson because MJ Stewart was hurt. He's also like 28 years old. So week both, 18, MJ Stewart recovers loose football Week 18? Fumble. Yeah, in the Colts game he was active. on the kickoff return. I didn't even know he was active. There you go. So he couldn't play over DeAndre Houston Carson, Adrian Amos, and, uh, and Kareem Jackson. Adrian Amos, yes. So he couldn't Island play over any of them. He's a Packer. Well, he's almost going to be gone. He's no well, longer he, going to be Adrian Texas. Amos is gone. So yeah. we both cut Stewart. Yep, gone. Uh, he's a free agent anyways, uh, Amos. Uh, Andrew Beck, $1.97 million in savings. Is that a lot for a fullback? I don't think so. I'm keeping him, actually. I mean, he's speedy. Special teams-wise, we saw him return one for a touchdown. You know, he's a good blocker. He, he, you can throw it to him every now and then. If that's not too much money for you, I'm all about bringing him back, too. I thought that he was a good fit for this team, and I think he has versatility. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I think he does pretty good at the fullback position. They also have Troy Hairston, who's like uh, he's under contract next year, which maybe he's a practice squad guy, but you have your insurance in case Beck gets hurt. The only way I can see them doing this is they love somebody out in free agency or they love somebody in the draft. Uh, but I thought Beck was fine. Uh, I'm not getting rid of him at this, uh, this price. Next one, Case Keenum, $1.9 million. I think I, I think here's a caveat on this one. I could see cutting him and then re-signing him at a cheaper dollar figure 
because he likes being here. He lives here. He loved the experience here. You heard him in the, the end of the season interviews about how much fun he had and how great it was to be here. I think you can find him at a cheaper dollar figure. He'll do you a solid if he has to. So I think you cut him, but I think you probably bring him back at a different salary cap figure, and he's your third quarterback. Yeah, these guys – I'm not cutting Case. I want to bury Case in the H. He's the greatest quarterback statistically in college football history. He takes C.J. Stratt out to dinner on Friday. They let him play the fifth wheel with Davis Mills and his fiance. Uh, Case Keenum needs to retire in Houston. So absolutely not, not cutting uh, Case. But I gave you the caveat. I still want him back. I think you can get him at a cheaper figure. I don't know. Like, I mean, this is just cap savings. Like, Case isn't making tons of money. I was, that for, for the sake of the discussion, I, I'm fine keeping him. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not messing around with Case. He's too important. 5798, are you guys looking at the right numbers for Davis Mills? He's entering the fourth year of his contract, not the third. And the contract details I'm looking at only shows it a 1.6 cap hit in 2024. This is cap hits whenever you cut them pre-June. So post-June might be a little bit different, but we're looking at pre-June cuts. Uh, so we're both keeping Case. How about Kendrick Green? Not Kenyon Green. Kendrick Green at 1.3. Kendrick Green did, got hurt, right? Yeah, he got Done hurt. He was the guy that you traded for yeah. with the Steelers. And, 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 for and he helped. Maybe? He looked like he might be able to help for a short period of time. Then he got hurt. Um, I'm cutting him. I, I think that you, you, we already talked about the fact that we have a lot of different options at offensive line. I think they will explore it in the draft and or free agency. But I think primarily in the draft, they're probably going to use a pick somewhere along the lines uh, on another offensive lineman. So I'm good walking, letting him walk. You already have under contract for next year four interior offensive linemen with Kenyon Green, Scruggs, Jared Patterson, and Shaq Mason. Uh, if you, I also think that they're going to draft an interior offensive lineman or sign one, so that's five. So I'm, I'm cutting Kendrick Green as well. He's gone, 15.8. See ya. Uh, my Jay Sanders, who they claimed from Arizona towards the start of the year. Yeah, I mean, uh, another one to me. He's you know he's he's a linebacker. But he plays defensive end. Okay, line- he, was, he was a linebacker in a three four. Right, he's a defensive right, end in a four right, three. Right. He's a linebacker, but he's a pass rusher. But I, I think you have enough options with that. I think when you brought in a guy like Barnett, I think there's a chance to bring him back. But I think that you you found out that they can find other guys to supplement the pass rushers that you have, and also because I think he was just kind of a fill in at the time. So they got better later in the year with this. So he's gone. This one's fringy to me because you only have two defensive ends currently under contract for next year: Will Anderson and Dylan Horton. And Dylan Horton finished the last, what, six, seven, eight weeks away from the team uh, with mental health stuff. Hope he's getting better. Um, So this one's on the fringe for me, and he's kind of cheap. So, like, how much does Nick Casario like him? How much does D'Amico Ryans like him? Can you upgrade him? See, that's where I'm at. Like, And plus, if you bring back Grenard, now you're looking to save every penny. If you're also looking to maybe draft the defensive end if you bring back Grenard at X amount of dollars, uh, then I think this is one that you probably – now, it's pretty affordable – but I'm leaning moving away from it, kind of like you're moving away from it. Kadara Holloman, you can save $1.1 million if you get rid of him. Bye. Yeah. Another corner that, you know, not, not any kind of impact type player, and you're trying to upgrade those positions too, I think he's gone. Yeah, I'm right there. Uh, I'm right there with you when it comes to Holloman. He just, he's not, like, they, him on the field was a net negative. Anytime that he was playing, you were doomed, and he didn't play much. Like, in fact, I think he got benched. Steven Nelson got hurt in the Browns game when Amari Cooper was torching him. Yeah. And they brought in Hallman, I think, for one series. He got torched, and then they benched him. And then they benched him. So I, I'm out on Hallman as well. Go ahead and just, even though it's little, go ahead and save that 1.1. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, the tight end yeah, that you drafted end. a few years ago. Nine, now, it's not a lot. 910,000 in That's the only, savings. He knows the system. 
assuming that they're going to upgrade uh, tight ends, tight end one, and then Jordan's going to be back as tight end two or one B. Um, I, I think that at the price, I, they they obviously drafted him. They like him. You can bring him back for that. I'm fine. Yeah. See, I think he can be your third tight end. Yeah. Uh, because you're, I forget the Sobert or whatever. He's free. Uh, so you just yeah, keep the guy them. that kind of all, all yeah. of a sudden showed up one week yeah. on the active roster, and you're like, wait, what? You're, you're probably going to keep three tight ends, and you currently have two on the roster. Brevin Jordan's one of them. What do you do with Dalton Schultz? Eh. But you're probably looking for a tight end one no matter what. So Quentin Tarantino kind of makes you – he's, he's just kind of that natural fit for that third tight end. Yep. So I'm okay keeping him around for another year. And then the final one, the final one, Damian Pierce. Now, the savings on Damian Pierce is only 780000 Now, of course, you're looking, you're exhausting every trade avenue before you even get to this question. Before you even entertain the thought of cutting Damian Pierce, I'm sure you're turning over every stone in a way to try to trade him, which I think he would have some trade oh, value. I so now, I don't think it'd be very high. I think you're looking at fifth rounder at yeah. best, probably a sixth rounder. Team's looking for a bargain. They see him as a huge upside guy in the right system, but they're not giving, you up, uh, giving up a lot to get him because they know you don't have a use for him. So everybody tells you no. Everybody tells you no on the trade market. You you know that Damian Pierce is not a fit. Um, Damian Pierce, $780,000. Do you entertain the idea yeah, of cutting him? It's too cheap to cut. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a year removed from him being your, your best offensive player. And regardless, he showed you value on special teams. He showed you as a return guy he can do some things. And I just think that for that price, you could do a lot worse. You keep him. Yeah, I think this is an easy call to make. Now, I'm interested in the idea of looking to trade him. And uh-huh. even, like, people are going to be upset if you trade him for a six-rounder. Like, if you trade him for a six-rounder, because he came into this year, like, people thought he could be a breakout running back, top 15-ish running back. Like, go look at where he was being drafted in fantasy football. Like, he was a top 15 running back in the NFL uh, going into the season. Yes, he was. And he, he just wasn't a scheme fit. So I think that a team around the NFL, like a few teams, would have interest in, in him. But they're not going to give up. I don't think they would give up a fifth. I think the best you could yeah, get for him would be a six-round draft pick or some sort of like pick swap. GMs are savvy, right? And they know what you're dealing with. And they know what system that you have. And they know that he doesn't fit. They know that you're, there's a good chance that you could consider cutting him or that he's going to find the market at a certain point. They're not going to you know, try to overpay to go get him from you. You're right. I think fifth might be the highest you could get for him. Yeah, uh, yeah I, fifth, I, I'm with you. Like, I, I tend to think it'd probably be more of a sixth, but people would be bad about that. Like You just traded Damian Pierce, who 12 months prior to the trade was being looked at as a top 15, top 20 running back in the NFL, and then you're trading him for a six-rounder. Now, I would I would be tempted to do that because I, I really don't think there's fixing a Damian Pierce in this system. I just don't think he fits with a slow scheme, the San Francisco Agreed. scheme. Uh, they tried. They tried hard. It didn't work. And, like, I kind of want a revamped running back room. Even if, even if you bring back Singletary and you move on from Pierce, you still have three other openings at running back, however you're doing that, whether you're entertaining a top-of-the-market free agent and Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, I'm intrigued what Austin Eckler gets in the open market because that would be a name that would interest me mm-hmm. if you can get him on a bounce-back type of deal, a prove-it type of deal. Um, I think it's uh, Miles Sanders, I believe, is a free agent, too, who had a pretty solid season in Carolina. Yeah. I think he's been a little bit of a disappointment Wants in his to get career. Out of that dumpster fire. Yeah, so there's, a, there's an intriguing list of free agent running backs. Now, how much do you want to pay there? I like the idea of drafting one in the middle rounds, too. I don't know if uh, Pierce is long for this team. I think they well, might settle if, but, for a six-rounder um, for Damian Pierce. Also, depending on what he does with the offensive line, if you even, you know, you get a healthy offensive line and maybe you even bolster it and do a little bit better, 
does that change things? No. I, I mean, think for scheme. him, I, yeah, I think scheme-wise scheme it doesn't. So, therefore, if you want to do him a solid and you get something for him, you move on. Otherwise, he's very cheap, and he's a special teams player that is a, is a good football player. 713-780-ESPN. Uh, so, we're, we're, not, we're not cutting Pierce on that number. So, you ended up saving $18 million in cap space. Look at me. Robert Woods, Jimmy Ward, Davis Mills, MJ Stewart. Uh, Kendrick Green, MyJ Sanders, Kadar Holloman. Uh, the only one that I didn't cut that you did was Davis Mills. So you saved $18 million. So that gets the Texans up to $75 million in cap space. Love that. I saved 15 and it gets the Texans up to $72 million. So, hey, let's cut these guys. Let's cut. What, what, what are we waiting for? Why hasn't Robert Woods been cut yet? Why hasn't Jimmy Ward been cut yet? Who did we cut that you're keeping? 713-780-ESPN. It's also looking more and more likely that Bobby Slowick is going to stay as the Texans' offensive coordinator. Two more openings in the NFL, Seattle and Washington, that Slowick has to dodge. What's your confidence that he doesn't? We sound evil, don't we? What's your confidence he doesn't get to achieve his dreams as an NFL head coach? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, a few words for Allstate Siding and Windows. Allstate Siding and Windows protect your greatest investment. If you have a house, that's probably your greatest investment to protect your house. You need that exterior guarded and like a hard shell. You want the siding that you don't have to paint and stain and deal with. You just pick the right color, you put it on your house, and it's like that hard protective shell over your entire house. And where it's not protecting your house is the windows. They have those two. They have vinyl windows together or even one or the other. If you're looking for siding or windows or you're considering upgrading your home, consider talking to the people at Allstate Siding and Windows. They're experts at both and guaranteed that both of them are going to save you on your energy bills. They're also going to make an unbelievable difference in the exterior appearance of your house and that, I just had the windows put in at my house. I can't tell you how great of the curb appeal and the upgrade that happens when you upgrade your windows. But you can save up to 40% on your energy bills with vinyl windows and then if you also consider siding your electric bills save even more. Look, the bottom line is you want to make sure that you keep the elements out. In the summer you want to keep the heat out. In the winter, you want to keep the heat in. And, of course, during hurricane season, you want your entire house protected. The way you do that is you go to the experts. In business for almost 50 years, Mary, Mike, and the family, they take care of you because they love Houstonians. Call them today, 832-204-1936. 832-204-1936. They'll come out to your house and tell you exactly what they can do. Also, check out the website, allstatesidingandwindows.com. And you're back with the Killer Bees inside the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at the Decoy. Here are the Bees Knees themselves, Joel and Jeremy. Now behave. He's Blank. I'm Branham broadcasting live from the Decoy in Spring Branch, 713-780-ESPN. You're looking for a place to watch the games on Sunday? This is it. $3 Fireball, $19 100-ounce Love Street Towers, and $100 Don Julio bottles. Uh, tonight's a throwback Thursday, $2 off all tequila. Ladies' night Friday tomorrow, $5 house wine. Big Sip Saturday, $5 off beer and mimosa towers and punch bowls. Uh, 24-foot indoor TV wall, catch all your sports here, catch all your fights here, all your football, 185-inch outdoor giant screen when the weather's nice. There's actually people playing right now, volleyball. I didn't think that was going to happen today with all the rain that we got. Yeah, they didn't really get out there. But they took care of the courts. They are playable. They are nice. A perfect day to be outside. Beautiful day to be outside. Andrew's giving me the cold shoulder. Your, but, uh, uh, your percentage might start. Going down even more, though it we wasn't have a, new a job that we target. We're close. Dan Quinn in Seattle currently for his second 
interview with the Seahawks, so maybe the Seahawks are progressing towards locking down their guy. I, unless I miss something, I don't think that Slowick has had a second interview in Seattle. And I, I believe, no, but I'm just whittling teams right, off just, the list. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. But I think that he would have a second interview in Seattle if they were interested in having a second interview with him. And, but the fact that Quinn is means maybe you cross another team off the list that they're kind of – Yeah, I think we, there's – We knew all along he was going to be a finalist for that job. Yeah, if you've missed the, a lot happening today in the Slowick percentage of returning, at least for me, uh, wake up to the news that there's a new head coach in Carolina. They go at the Tampa Bay – uh, offense core was Canales. That's his last name, right? Uh, Canales named the uh, the head coach in Carolina. Came over from Tampa Bay, the OC there. He had worked with Geno. He worked with Baker. They're intrigued about his ability Wilson, yeah. uh, to help young quarterbacks. So they hired him, which that's good news for Bobby Slowick. Whenever I saw that news, my percentages of Slowick leaving, leaving went from 40 to 25%. So, okay, that's a good start to the day. Carolina hiring Dave Canales from, from Tampa Bay. Outstanding there. Then we see the news from like Schefter and Jordan Schultz that Belichick's falling out of favor in Atlanta that maybe he doesn't have all the support in Atlanta that we all thought I was like uh-oh Bobby Slowick's meeting at Arthur Blank's home today with brass for Atlanta so I was like okay well that's not great I'm going to increase it back up to 35 and then what was it the maybe the maybe the four o'clock hour somewhere around 3 30 4 o'clock uh Raheem Morris got signed as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons shocking to me that Raheem Morris, like, well, he was second in the betting odds to be the head coach in Atlanta, so Vegas knew something there. I'm surprised they went defense in Atlanta with all of that offensive no firepower. Question. But they go with uh, Raheem Morris, so it's like, okay, great. Like, I think there's a 5% chance now that uh, that Bobby Slowick will, will be a head coach somewhere. There is two openings left. Seattle, like you mentioned, I'd be shocked if he got the Seattle job. That, to me, is going to be a Vrabel. Uh, that, to me, is going to be a Dan Quinn. I think it's I Quinn think or those Vrabel. Are those I, I agree with you. And then the last one is Washington. Now, when I looked at the odds this morning, Bobby Slowick was plus 350 to go to Washington. So it's not like that crazy no. of odds. Uh, it's three and a half to one that he could be the, the next head coach in Washington. Now, the heavy favorite there is Ben Johnson, and Washington has been reported that they're not going to make a decision until the conference championship right. games, which I also think is a huge clue. I think that's a huge indicator. And that, to me, tells me that they're waiting. They're waiting for Ben Johnson. Now, Seattle apparently is reportedly waiting to after the conference championship games, too, which is surprising. Yeah, I think that there's Still, look, it's wise to interview more candidates, obviously, but at the same time, I've always felt like the Washington job, I thought in early on when new ownership takes over, they're looking to make a splash. They'd like to get a big name. They'd like to get some fans that maybe jumped off the bandwagon during Ron Rivera and, and all the different things that happened with Ron Rivera's stint, uh, stint there in Washington that, that maybe they want to make that big Belichick-type splash. And then he never really seemed to be in the mix. And so now I think it's Bobby, it, it's um, Ben Johnson's job to lose. But I think that if you go Ben Johnson light or you go uh, poor man's uh, Ben Johnson, I think Bobby Slowick's that guy if you're just looking for, as we've talked about in the past, there's enough offensive weapons to work with there that Washington might be attractive to some coaches. But I think overall, if, if we were in agreement that Belichick's out and that the chances are that it's Ben Johnson's job to lose, I think if he goes there, Seattle's taken care of, and I think that you know, you're basically there that you're going to get your OC back. Yeah, see, Ben Johnson, to me, is taking a head coaching job this year. And the only path that I can really see Bobby Slowick getting a head coaching job is if Seattle pulls a fast one and hires Ben Johnson. 
which Ben Johnson's the third favorite to go to Seattle. Right now the odds are Dan Quinn plus 300 to Seattle. Mike McDonald, who's the Ravens DC's plus 350. And maybe that's who Seattle's waiting on. Maybe that's why Seattle's not hiring into the conference championship game is because maybe they want another chat with Mike McDonald before they decide between Mike McDonald and somebody else. But what if... They're waiting to get in a bidding war with the commanders. They love Ben Johnson. They hire Ben Johnson. If Seattle – and Ben Johnson's plus 425 to Seattle. That's not crazy. It's still the third favorite. It's still a little bit of a long odds. But it's not crazy. It's not crazy for a plus 425 coach to be hired. So if Seattle kind of pulls one from out underneath us and they hire Ben Johnson, I think that's Slowick in play at Washington. I agree with you that if Slowick somehow, somewhere, or if Johnson somehow, some way does not end up in Washington, which I don't think is going to happen, but if that somehow does happen, I do think Slowick is the runner-up currently for the Washington job. Yeah, no, I agree. But I, and I think that if you're, if you're Ben Johnson, and, and you're absolutely spot on in the fact that you're not going to go through two cycles and, and, and pass up head coaching opportunities because now teams are going to start balking on you going maybe this dude isn't really cut out for it doesn't want to do it and there's always going to be hot names that you're going to consider instead but I think if you look at it and you're just considering it from Ben Johnson's point of view you have weapons in Washington and draft picks or you're in Seattle and you've got Geno and you've got a defensive mind you know you've got good defense and a defensive minded organization I just I think if you're choosing between the two, Washington seems to be a way better opportunity for him. Yeah, because they're probably going to draft him the quarterback that he wants. Right, they're going to draft a quarterback. You got McLaurin. You got some guys to, to, to do Dotson. You got some guys to, to work with there to where I think that he could have an immediate impact. Whereas if you're in Seattle and you're thinking about, well, yeah, you've got a, a stud receiver uh, and, and you've got some weapons, but other than that, you know, how many and what? Yeah, you've got the, you got the what's his name from Ohio State went there as well. So you've got some weapons on offense as well, receiver-wise in Seattle. But overall, I think that Washington offers more. Uh, it is interesting that Sloak was the last interview before Atlanta hired for him, Morris. He, so I wonder at Arthur Blank's house. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, it could be. It it could go either way. It could be. Hey, they they really like Sloak, but they just liked Raheem Morris a little bit more. They just wanted to make sure that they weren't super impressed with Sloak more than Morris. It could have been that Sloak said no thanks. I doubt that. I think that they probably chose Morris over Bobby Sloak. Although I wouldn't be shocked if Bobby Sloak's agent played that game. Now, not that that this always is going to happen either, but you know, sometimes we see that a guy that's a first time head coach. You know, we saw what happened in Denver two years ago that. You can a Nathaniel Hackett type mistake can happen. At least with Raheem Morris, he's he's got head coaching experience. He's been in the league for a while, and maybe Atlanta said, "Look, we need more of a not, maybe not necessarily a can't miss, maybe more of a leader, but a better chance yet to get a guy that's already plug and play ready to go." Yeah, see, I mean, I, I do poo poo on the whole thing of you know you need to make sure that you hire good leaders, and a lot of times we put too much stock in X's and O's. Raheem Morris was was in Atlanta too. He was the DC there uh, in twenty after he was a longtime assistant. Prior to that, was actually the interim head coach. In Atlanta, I guess that's right when they fired. Uh, he, and Quinn then he the left the Atlanta to take the Denver job. No, he went to. Uh, or I mean, the Charger the, job. No, no, he went to the. He was the Rams' defensive coordinator the last few years. Where was he the head coach though? He was the head coach. He was the interim head coach at Atlanta in 2020. He was the head coach at Tampa from Tampa, 09 to 11. Tampa. Okay, and that was after he was the DC. He was actually the DC at Tampa. I knew he had the head coach experience. I, for some reason, I, I got him mixed up. To yeah, say. that was a long time ago, though. Like nine. That was 2009, 2010, 2011. He was three and 13, 10 and six, four and 12, and then he was four and seven as an interim. Not uh, great. I don't know if I like that hire. Now, I like the hire from a Texans point of view. A ton, Absolutely, a that's ton. all I'm thinking about. If yeah. I'm an Atlanta Falcon fan and I had I had Bill Belichick on the hook, 
I had an up-and-coming offensive coordinator that helped C.J. Stroud. I would be ticked off with Raheem Morris if I'm an Atlanta Falcon fan. I, I agree with that. I mean, there were better options out there, and you started the process at the very top of the list. Just from reputation alone, if you start by interviewing Bill Belichick, who's also a defensive-minded head coach, and you end up hiring Raheem Morris, I would, if I'm a fan, I would question that. Yeah. Um, it is – it's funny, though, that Belichick and Vrabel – I don't think Belichick and Vrabel are going to have a job. Well, they're talking about Vrabel if he wants it could be a D.C. I don't think Vrabel wants to go back to being a D.C. Yeah, it looks like they're both going to not be head coaches, at least one of them, unless – I think Belichick doesn't have a job. Vrabel may be in Seattle, but the odds are long for him. And I think if you're Bill Belichick, it's probably wise for you to sit out a year because we were talking about this during the break, and Andrew was bringing up some of the names too, but we we came up with four teams where in order for his legacy to continue, he's going to be chasing victories. He wants to be the all-time winningest coach, and he wants to do what Brady did and prove it wasn't just Brady, that he's going to want to be a plug-and-play with a team that's already kind of a playoff set or, or the roster to be a playoff team. I think that he's going to have better opportunities a year from now when we might be talking about Philly, Dallas, Buffalo, teams like that. 9198, you guys are actually hoping that a young man doesn't get a promotion and advance in his, in advancement in his career of choice. Definition yeah. of a hater. I'm not really no, hating. Definition being, of a Texans fan right I'm now. being selfish. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not hating because I would understand if he left, and I, I would root for him if he left unless he was in division. Uh, it's more being selfish than hating. Hell but yeah. Absolutely, I am being selfish. I want CJ to have the best chance to keep on moving up and, and keep on having success. And if that means keeping your OC, the same playbook, and everything that worked this last year, you're damn right that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I, I root for the better interest of the Texans than I do Bobby Slowick. No offense to Bobby Slowick. I've never met the man. I don't care how much money he has in his pocketbook or if he achieves his dreams. Uh, hopefully that happens someday. Uh, also, somebody, 8576, Branham, I'm putting you on Bad Take Boulevard. Y'all and everybody preach about running backs have a short life in the NFL, but you're okay with the Texans looking at Eckler, who's passed his prime this year, uh, showed he is on the uh, downfall of his career. That's why I said a prove-it one-year deal. It would have to be below the market value for Austin Eckler. And why Eckler did have a bad year, I think there was some disinterest there from Eckler. And Austin Eckler also led all of running backs in the NFL with the yards after catch average. That's something that intrigues me with a C.J. Stroud quarterback who has the check down open a lot that can create after the catch. He so actually held on, out, did he on not? A, on a valuable, on a very team-friendly deal. I don't really disagree with you, 8576, but it needs to be team-friendly, and I think that there are still some signs that he ha- still has some juice left in his game. Certainly not But he held best. out, right? That, ha- that always hurts guys. I can't remember if he held out at the start of the year. I think uh, it was right at the start of the games, year. Though. He sat out because he was upset about his contract. Did he miss games, or did he just hold, held out for preseason? I want to say that he did. Did but regardless, he got off to a real slow start. I I knew that he was ticked off about his contract, and they said they weren't going to give it to him. And then if you miss games and or you sit out, whether it's preseason, regular season, or both, running backs especially, they got to find that tempo and rhythm and get in that groove. I think it's harder for a running back to kind of just jump right back in. And we saw it even with Jonathan Taylor and Indy when he came back from him doing it. Yeah, I, I expect Austin Eckler still has a little bit more in the tank that he showed this year. It looks like he might have played week one. September 10th, is that week one? He played against Miami? Maybe. It could, it's either week one or week two. How did he play? Early, he had a really, it was week one. He was really good. Really? Yeah, he was, he was really – he had uh, 16 carries, 117 yards, and a touchdown. Now, I think he got hurt in that game because he didn't play until – he played on the 10th of September, and then he didn't play again until the October 16th. So he must have been hurt in that game. Um, 713-780-ESPN. But, yes, I do think that Eggler is past his prime. But if you can get him on a valuable one-year deal, give me Austin Eckler on a valuable one-year deal. 
713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. Just when I thought I was out on Jalen Green, he pulls me back in. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Guys, we know there's some big games coming up this weekend. The way to make those big games even more fun for your company, if you're having people over to the house, is get some Daisy Dips. Daisy Dips are the best dips in the business. Daisy's been known for their sour cream all their entire existence as a business because it's do a dollop of Daisy and load it up on your baked potato. Well, if it makes a baked potato taste good, imagine what that same kind of flavor can do for your favorite chip, for your wings, your pizza, your veggie dips. That's because... Because Daisy Dips are the best in the business, and they're doing you a solid because it's already pre-made. It's already available. Just go to your local grocery store, grab a couple of tubs of Daisy Dips, and you are set for whatever you serve at your viewing party. No matter how good the game is, the food's going to be better because you got Daisy Dips. they got French onion. They've got ranch. They are going to make sure that the, the receivable containers are also great if you want to put them away and then bring them back out later. Maybe you're watching some late-night TV and you want a snack. They're fantastic, but you don't have to do any of the work. You don't have to mix the sour cream with the soup mix and the spices. It's all done for you. Go to your grocery store today. Get ready for the weekend with those big games. Get you some Daisy Dips. The Killer Bees have relocated their hive. It's at the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, which is currently located at the decoy. Let's join the boys, Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. His performance. My patience been thinning on uh, on Jalen Green. His his inconsistency is bothering me. But then he had, and I know he wasn't perfect yesterday. I, I know he did. He had some moments. He had that dunk miss late that would have certainly helped a whole lot. Uh, but he was really good yesterday. Twenty nine points. Also chipped in a few assists. Three point shot was not not exactly where you wanted it. But this is the Jalen Green that'll show up. Every now and then, say, yeah. every like 12 to 24, 50% from the floor, uh, I would like him to hit a couple more of those threes. That would have been a really good game if he was four of seven from downtown instead of two of seven from downtown. And I know it's the lowly Portland Trailblazers. That is not lost on me, although you did lose to the lowly Portland Trailblazers. But Green will have this performance, nearly a 30-point game yesterday, every now and then where it's like, well, dang it. That, that's the guy that I want Jalen Green to play. Because if Jalen Green's doing, I know he's not going to, but if he's doing this each and every night, well, you have your starting shooting guard. You have your best perimeter score. Yeah, Cam What's Whitmore. maddening, I mean, Jalen Green's been outplaying Cam Whitmore well, last few games. Obviously, Cam Whitmore's just getting started. But if you give Cam Whitmore the same amount of time as we're judging Jalen Green, my bet is Cam Whitmore is a better player in your, at the same point in Jalen's career. I mean, maybe in year three. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. You can't quit on Jalen Green. No, but I think he's teasing you. I mean, he does this too much. He does this too much, but the tendencies are still there. The minute that he misses a shot or doesn't get a call, he, he quits. He doesn't get back. The body language. He just he, he has that score that score that 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 yeah, go to ISO. I mean, he had a huge block yesterday in the corner. Like that was a really good hustle. Sure, play. I'm not saying that. The, again, he doesn't show you glimpses. He always shows you glimpses that keep you wanting more. Yeah, but I mean, but there's I no consistency. And from that standpoint, of he still does not trust. And I think that you could see it in Adoka's face a couple times last night where. He made some selfish decisions for himself that Adoka would have liked to have gone different way, but he had it going a little bit. I think the biggest problem you have with him is he can't shake the mentality of if I get the ball, if I move it along, I'm going to get it back. He can't. He just he won't buy into that. Yeah, I mean, he had that good pass on the break to Alpi. 
But he's again, been, you're been, showing I think, me one play here or there, no, and I'm saying I'm not. I think that he, I think that he's averaging his season, his career high in assist. Which ain't saying much because he yeah, never wanted had, to pass the ball either. Uh, when he first he, had, got he here. had more assists last year. It was two point five his rookie year, three point seven last year, three point two this year. So it's it's a little bit less. But his usage is also down. The ball's not in his hands nearly as much as it was last year. So that that plays a part of it as well. He, and they're winning more. They are winning more now. That's part of Alpi's mm-hmm. like becoming an All Star level player. That's part Ime Adoka being a real NBA head coach. And I'm not saying that like Jalen Green's destined for stardom and that we all need to be patient and wait. But what, part, what what leads to our frustration in Jalen Green is these type of games. Because if Jalen Green was just scoring five points a night and he was awful all the time, all the time, then we would just be like, okay, cool, let's quit Jalen Green. But the reason that there is a like a discord and the reason that there's a disagreement when it comes to Rocket fans on where they stand with Jalen Green is because Jalen Green will have moments like this as a 21-year-old where you're like, man, you got to be a little bit patient with a young guy. Like, look how, look how long it took Jermaine O'Neal to become a good NBA player. Jermaine O'Neal didn't play for, like, the first five years in his career. Chauncey Billups, He didn't come way. out of high school. Yeah. So sometimes it does take a while for it to all click. Oh, it does. And, like, that's the part of the frustration with Green is Jalen Green has shown you he's a 20-point-per-game scorer. That's now, incredibly inconsistent. The ebbs and flows are way up and down. But if – that's kind of, I mean, that's what that's what makes it hard to really evaluate it's, him. Hold on a second. That's what makes it really hard to evaluate him and to get an idea of what to do with Jalen Green because is he going to be – in the next five years, is he going to be the good Jalen Green who's going to average 23 to 25 a game, make smart basketball decisions, improve his shooting, uh, be a guy who can close out and block a shot in the corner and actually give you a hustle play defensively as a guy who can score 20 points a game? Or is he going to be always frustrating that gives you 15 to 17, super streaky, that's probably a six-man in the NBA? You have no idea. No, you don't. And the big big problem is we've seen it too many times. There's too many players that have all the talent in the world, and you keep waiting. you keep waiting for the light to go on and stay on and something clicks and they get it and they understand we I can be better as an individual and better as a team if I just buy in or do this or do that there's no doubting his talent I mean he has just look at the hops last night some of the 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 dunk where his is basically his nose is on the rim and you're like the kid can really get up and he can really in the open floor one of the finishes where he went and used the rim as a as a blocker and went to the reverse side he's got a ton of talent but some guys the light never goes on and stay on in terms of what it takes to truly be a great in this league or be successful in this league because they're too hell-bent stuck on, well, it's worked for me on AAU and it worked for me you know, when I was on my way up. And it was always give me the ball and get out of the way and that's the way I know how to do business. But you got to understand, you can get a whole lot more business done if you just buy into a system and a coach that literally has told you when Fred is out, I want Jalen to facilitate more. I believe in him. He's given him every opportunity to really understand how he could define his role and be better as a player and as a teammate. And it just seems like all he's doing is teasing us because every now and then he'll buy in a little bit or he'll make a couple of shots and then he can really go. But then the next night, if his shots don't go or he's not touching the ball early – he, he's basically ready to mail it in. That, and that's what's frustrating. Because if he was just that sec, if he was just who you described, that second version of Jalen Green, everybody would be in agreement that you have to move on from Jalen Green and play Cam Whitmore. But because he'll score 29 every now and then and have a really good game, well, he's 21 years old. He's a guy who's already proven to be a 20 point per game in the NBA score. And he's still, like, it takes time to learn the NBA. I, where I push back with what you said, though, is like the buy in. I, I don't think that Jalen Green is failing to buy in. I think that Jalen Green is taking 
slower in understanding like team-oriented basketball. I don't think that there is a clashing of philosophies with what Ime Adoka is trying to get Jalen Green to do because when Ime Adoka talks about Jalen Green, it's usually in glowing terms. There's differences in on the buy-in, though, no, right? I think buy-in's effort. I think I think buy-in is un- it's understanding. Yeah, it's, an effort. It, it, well, it's and and it's also it's understanding, it's effort, and then it's the willingness to do what you haven't been willing to do. You, do you see that? Because I don't. Like I, I think that he struggles in doing it, but I don't think he's unwilling to do if it. If you watch him, I think whether it and, and again it could be the I difference. Do watch him, it, but I'm just saying I'm not I'm not questioning whether you watch him or not. I said it, but if you just focus and isolate on, on him, sometimes sometimes. You could just see like there's a hesitance of I don't want to move it to the next guy, station to station. See, I don't want to make the. I have a good shot. I could get a better shot, but I want to take the good shot. See, I think that's where he struggles as a basketball player. I think it's more of a lack of skill on that front, like maybe a lack of like that high basketball IQ. I don't think it's because he's being selfish or he's like being a problem or he's disagreeing with like Ime's philosophy. Right. I think that he's just slow to do it because he's never done it before. To that's the point. biggest thing, but right? I don't th- but I don't think it's a mentality. But I don't think him. it's. I'm not ready to even go basketball IQ at this point. I'm willing to, to say like that smoothness. I'm saying, but I'm also like saying feel. it's part of the fact that th- all he's ever known in his life is get the ball have the ball in my hands I got to have the ball to make things happen so his his whole everything about him says every time I get it I got to go with it and that's that's the whether I'm not saying it's basketball IQ it's just the fact that he's so stuck in what he's done in the past it's hard to get over that habit I I completely agree Uh, my my nitpick there was the buy-in because the buy-in makes it sound like he's not getting along or doesn't agree with no I'm not trying to say it from that standpoint I'm saying from the standpoint of buying into the fact that you got to get back on every play you got to play defense as hard as you play offense you got to do the kind of things that Adoka preaches as opposed to Silas I just don't like the word buy-in it's fine but I, I think it's tougher for him to accept the overall basketball that they're trying to teach. You. I think it's a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely like I can. I, I think we're saying the same thing in two yeah. different ways. Like because it's definitely a learning curve of him having to get there. And the question becomes: Well, how much grace do you give him, and how much of a runway do you give him? Because he is twenty-one years old. There's sh- like I think that he because he has been conditioned to do everything opposite of the way that Ime wants him to do, that there should be some grace there. Because he still like he still has incredible talent. And if he can ever grasp that feel that you're talking about, making the right basketball play, which is something that he does struggle with, like I think there is a little bit of hesitation. Do I shoot it here? Do I pass it here? Ime's talked about that too. He just wants Jalen Green to read, adjust, and, and, and make the right play. Right. And he is a little bit slow there. But does that improve two years from now? Because if, well, if he gets to a point where that part of his game is above average to good, you have an all-star. Yeah, no, look, and I think, well, look, all along we thought that we that you drafted the kid as a potential future all-star for years to come. I don't think it's ever going to be about ability. There's a ton of basketball ability there. We've seen this in different ways. James Harden is a guy that just refused to do anything but the system that fit him best. But he also scored better than most, and he made a living out of doing it. But you look at like a Kevin Porter Jr. Kevin Porter Jr. had all the basketball talent in the world, but he wanted he wanted to be something that he basically it was the worst skill. He turned the ball over way too much, and then also everything happened on, off the court as well. But you have to be able to and willing to accept there are other systems that will work not just for yeah. the team but for you, and you got to see if he's willing to do that. See, I think he is willing, and I think he has shown willingness and acceptance to do it. I think he just 
he it doesn't come naturally to him because he's been conditioned to do True. the opposite because right. of AAU ball in his mm-hmm. hands. And then that that's the thing. That's the question. How much time do you give him to try to become that player? Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. What's your car wreck of the day? Presented by CarWreckTexas.com. Get your nominees in seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Boy, do we have some doozies today. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. You all right? My leg is broken. The ball's coming through. I'll give you a f***ing money, you prick. Where's my f***ing money? This is the Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. All right, Killer Bees broadcasting live from the Decoy in Spring Branch. This is your spot Sunday. Watch football all day at the Decoy. $3 Fireball, $19, 100-ounce Love Street Towers, $100 Don Julio bottles, a daily specials, throwback Thursday, $2 off all tequila cocktails and shots today, ladies' night tomorrow, $5 house wine, Big Sip Saturday, $5 off beer and mimosa towers and punch bowls, 24-foot indoor TV wall, 185-inch outdoor giant screen, this is the spot to watch your sports, especially on Sunday. All right, who are we nominating Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com? If you haven't seen it, I'll allow you to do the in-depth research on it. Vince McMahon, without question, deserves the Car Wreck of the Day, and maybe a lot more than that. Accused of sexual assault, sexual trafficking, and then when you, like I said, if, if you so desire... Brace yourself and look at the details of what seems to be a big scumbag, Vince McMahon. I have a joke. I don't know if I should say it because it sounds a little insensitive. Is this kayfabe? Brian's a big wrestling fan. Is this kayfabe, Brian? What does that mean? Uh, I mean, oh. meaning what? Like it's not Maybe real? Maybe this is a storyline. Well, I mean, kayfabe oh. is real. But what if this is just a storyline? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This is awful. Vince McMahon's a scumbag. The charges I don't think are, are fabricated WWE. Listen, I, I, what if I, this is just for a WrestleMania angle? I, th- I, th- I think the general non-wrestling fan audience might be shocked and dismayed by this. But unfortunately, I think anyone who follows... Vince and wrestling knows that Vince has been a scumbag long before this. Yeah, I mean he is a scumbag. Vince McMahon also killed this himself is... on live television for a wrestling. No, angle. he killed now, Mr. Is... He killed Mr. McMahon, not Vince McMahon. This, um, oh, okay, whatever people thought of him <laughs> oh, as a scumbag K-fabe, in the past, Jeremy, <laughs> this is next level. No, this is like actual court documents and testimony. I shouldn't be making light of this. I apologize. I'm sorry. Vince McMahon, definitely scumbag and should be nominated. Car wreck of the day. It's heinous stuff. I was reading up on some of it earlier. I'm glad you didn't get into details because it's ridiculous. Uh, The next one, Kayshawn Boutte. That's who I'm nominating for our car wreck of the day. So Kayshawn Boutte, LSU wide receiver, currently with the Patriots. Apparently, he's being tried for an – he had an online gambling account as a minor. He lied that he was of age. He made 9,000 bets in a month time, over 20 bets a day. 17 of those bets were on NCAA football games. Six of those were on LSU football. Now, it could have been prop bets. Like, in fact, a couple of the ones that came out, Chandler Rome was reading, uh, I guess, the article there in in Baton Rouge, and he pointed this out. He said, two of them included bets on Boutte himself as part of an eight-leg parlay wager in which a better bets on multiple outcomes at once. Boutte bet that he would score a touchdown and get at least 82.5 yards against Florida State in the September 4, 2022 game. 
in which he didn't do it. Ooh. Like, not only is he dumb for creating an underage account, and now he's, he got caught, but he also made bad bets on himself. I will say that it's good that he, at least he wasn't throwing games. But a couple of other things that came from this uh, the story, he created a fake account with the name Kayla Fortenberry. Okay. He used his mom's credit card to fund the account. He bet on himself to score a touchdown. He bet on himself to have over 82.5 receiving yards against uh, Florida State. So, Kayshawn Butte, you nominated for a car wreck of the day. You made the list. Yeah, he, he makes the, uh, the, the list. Uh, Brian, do you have one? Uh, your wife. For putting cheese whiz on a pizza. Oh, wow. Hey, only I can do I that, say, Brian. I Jeremy only I can do that. You I'm keep her saying, name out of, you keep her name out of your mouth. Cheese whiz on a pizza might be the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. That's fair enough. You have a point at least. Okay, yeah, if I can't nominate your wife, how about I nominate Andrew for not having you guys outside? Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. I that's applaud a good that one. one. Yeah, that's Brian, a good one. We like to keep it live and local. Brian taking shots when we're out of remote. <laughs> when we're out of the building, he takes some shots. How about Luca? Luca yesterday allegedly had a fan ejected for saying. Here's the quote that uh, that this fan said that got uh, ejected by Luca. He said, "Luca, you're tired. Get your bad word on a treadmill." Got the fan ejected for that? How do you how do you get kicked out for that? And the guy was know. in Suns gear. You know he's a Suns fan. Well, because Luca pointed at the ref and Phoenix. told him to kick him out. It's yeah. It's it's you're it's in your gym. I'll just tell your fans to t- take care of business for you to have a better outcome, but you got to be a little tougher than that, Luca. You can't be kicking people out for this. No way. You can't be kicking. Like, that's 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 just good old-fashioned heck. And then he argued actually, with the I'm media sure about it after heckling. the game. He told the media about it? No, like, he actually – well, it's too late to get the audio right now, but he had an argument back and forth with reporters after the game when they huh. asked him about why he kicked him out. He gave a, a really kind of fake story, and they – the, the the reporters, you know, basically, you know, re, rebutted them on it, and they argued back and forth about it. It was a really wow. bad look from Luca. I need to look that up. I didn't realize. That's a, that. I didn't either. That's a ba- that's a bad look gone even worse if he actually made up some story that wasn't true. And you got to believe that at least one reporter tracked down the fan either after they got ejected or while they and said, "What'd you say?" The NBA's trying to cut out heckling from games, and I don't like it at all. I think it's super soft. Fans should be allowed to heckle. It's a national pastime. It's America's pastime. I'm going I'm I'm to have a uh, – I agree with you. Who's going to draw your line somewhere? Yeah, I you got to draw a line in the stand because I was a part of that whole fan in Portland that crossed the line with Vernon Maxwell and went to the, 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 the stillborn daughter that he had and some things where that's way, way, way too much. But if it's just stuff like this, you got to suck it up, Buttercup, and play through that. It's, and besides that, it's in your own building. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like a good fashion heckling. You can't. You have to draw the line. I feel like I feel like fans that draw the line, they should have to get into a boxing ring with these athletes for five minutes. You get five minutes to put your hands on them, and you can sell it pay per views. People would buy that. Well, I mean, but people if the player that. gets to fight back, not many people are are taking you up on that. Uh, Doctor Runberg puts me on the car wreck of the day. Uh, the WWE, the WWE story. It's pretty bad word for Branham to make a joke about things. Come on, dude, be better. My bad, man. I'll stop being funny and sarcastic and super serious all the time. I apologized immediately. I apologized immediately. Yeah, if, you, if you give a quick you apology. You the brakes and then I'm you hit the saying, pedal. I'm just saying, Vince McMahon cre- he made a living creating storyline. I know that this is in court documents. Have a sense of humor. My, I'm sorry, though. Please don't fire me. All right, it's going to do it. What's going to win here? Uh, Vince? I think Vince in, in a landslide. So what if wins it wasn't here, Brian? Vince, I would Vince say McMahon Luca, or Mr. But... McMahon? Who wins? Vince McMahon or, Vince, or Mr. Oh, McMahon? Oh, Vince McMahon. Kayshawn Booty deserves one today, though. He kind of does, too. But, but Mr. We could McMahon have pose if you'd like. 
Can we have a three-way tie with Luca? McMahon's is worse. Yeah, Mr. McMahon's is worse. All right, so Mr. McMahon, or Vince McMahon, whatever we're calling him, our car wreck of the day. And I apologize for anything insensitive I said. It does it for us. Thanks to Andrew Carlson for sticking us inside on this beautiful day. Thanks to Brian McDonald and Abigail for doing all the hard work back at Gal Media. He's blank. I'm Branham. Thank you to the Decor for having us out as always as well. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. So long.